Welcome to Six Pack. I'm your host, Erin Inselman. This is an uncut show that supports parents in the enjoyment of raising children and having the fire and spirit to do life, with a side of sarcasm and humor, of course. I'm a mom of six, a wife, and a business owner in the health and fitness industry. Each week, myself and other experts will be sharing pointers and stories on parenting, self-growth, health and fitness, and relationships. Join me for this real and raw show dedicated to sharing tips, tribulations, and the triumphs of everyday life. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode two of the Six Pack Podcast. First of all, I am completely humbled, and I just want to thank so many of you for clicking and subscribing to the first episode that was launched last week. It was an absolute delight to read all of your comments and feel all of your love and support. And that is exactly one of the reasons that I started this was to create a community where we could all feel a connection in each other's everyday lives. So today, I would like to talk about routine. Especially right now with everything going on with COVID-19, many of our routines have become abnormal, not something that we're used to. Many of us are working from home. We're not able to go out and be entertained the way that um, maybe some of us are used to, whether it's going to sporting events or even the movies or restaurants. And so our normal has changed quite a bit, um, which means that our routine has changed quite a bit. So in speaking of routine, there are five things, in my opinion, that when we have a routine can make our lives a little bit better. Number one, it makes us more efficient, more efficient with our time, more efficient with being able to accomplish tasks. It also, number two, reduces stress and anxiety, especially right now with the way that things are. There's a lot of fear within our culture And in order to reduce that, we need to have some type of a routine. Number three, routine helps us take care of ourselves better. It helps us put ourselves first. And number four, we do better with decision-making skills. Our minds are more clear. We have more cohesive thoughts to where we're able to make decisions a little bit better and a little bit more level-headed. And then the last one is it actually can help us have a deeper relationship, whether it's a deeper relationship with ourselves or those that are around us. Having a routine makes us feel like we are in more control and more consistent. And so being more efficient, reducing the stress and anxiety, taking care of ourselves and making better decisions is, of course, going to hit our, my number five, which is having deeper relationships with those that are around us. So having a routine also scientifically helps with insomnia. It helps with bipolar. It helps with ADHD. And like I said before, it helps with anxiety and even depression. And I don't mean a dull routine. I mean, I'm talking about something that's just consistent. So consistently checking in with yourself and checking in with yourself physically and mentally. It's important to establish not only a physical routine, but also a mental routine. And when I say physical, I mean like even if it's just going out for a walk, exercising, or even finding a group or community of people that you can work out with and be physically fit and physically active with. And then mentally, giving yourself different amounts of time where you just have time for yourself to have that moment within your own head. I like to call it think time. So this is a time where you can think through like any worries or any problems 
That way they're not building up and festering inside of you and then you just explode. So what I would like to start with is to give you a couple examples of what my routine looks like. When I am out of my routine, I definitely don't feel like I'm as efficient. I do get stressed. I do have a bit of anxiety. I don't feel like I'm taking care of myself. And so when I'm out of my routine, I don't feel like I'm the best mom that I could be. And I don't feel like I am the best wife that I could be. And so routine is very important to me. And it's taken me a while to kind of establish the routine that fits the best. But there has been many times where I have to be flexible and I do have to change that routine up. But the one that I have found that I consistently, for the most part, stayed with for over a year's time now kind of looks like this. So I teach a fitness class in the morning at 5 a.m. My alarm goes off at 4.20. I have my clothes laid out the night before. So I am up, I get dressed, I head to our facility, our clinic, where I then prep and get ready to teach class. Before our group comes in, in the mornings, I like to start my morning with an athletic greens shake. This is something that just kind of charges my body, it gets my digestive system going with what I feel is the nutrients that it needs to start my day. It's not a pre-workout, so it doesn't have like any extra caffeine boost or energy boost or anything like that, but it gives me energy because it has natural ingredients in it that um, my body actually just has become accustomed to. So from there, then I go and I teach our class. And our class is usually a 50-minute class. So it's a 50-minute workout. Some of the workouts I complete with our members and some of the workouts I will take on that coaching role more. So when I come home then, it's still pretty early in the morning. I'm usually home just right after 6 o'clock. And most of the time, everybody is still, or at least the three little girls are still asleep. And so this is a time for me to take a quick shower And then I like to use that time for my meditation or my spiritual connection or my devotion time. And so this is a time where I find a quiet place. If it's nice outside, sometimes I like to go out, sit on the deck. Otherwise, most of the time it is either, yes, once again, in my closet where I am now, my secret hiding spot, or it is sometimes even down on the couch if the house is pretty quiet and pretty serene. So I usually put my earbuds in because I can then block out any background noise. Now, meditation was always very difficult for me, especially at the beginning, because I have all these thoughts, probably like most of you, continually running through my head, whether it's things that I have to do or just conversations that I had or just not being able to stop my brain. And so it took me actually a lot of practice and I tried it a couple times and then I would give up on it until actually uh, one of the events that I went to, I know I had mentioned in the first episode that I had attended a Tony Robbins event. Well, my husband and I actually attended a handful of events all in one year. And so we just kind of went full force and every event that he offers within this Mastery University program, we attended. And in one of those sessions, we had an entire group meditation And there were 15,000 people at this event that I went to when I had the meditation experience. 
And if I can do it with 15,000 people in a room, I sure as heck should be able to come home to my closet or outside or somewhere in a quiet space and be able to do that. And so it was a great experience for me. And we were led by a gentleman. uh, His name is Master Ko. And he took us through a series of different mental processes. But one of those was a meditation. And so I knew that it was possible. I knew that I could do it after that experience, especially, like I said, with that many people in the room. So when I came home, I was more open to it. And I think maybe that was my problem that I had had at the very beginning was that I kept getting so frustrated because, like I said, my brain wouldn't turn off. And what I learned is that's okay. Eventually, you'll get there. Eventually, you'll be able to stop that noise in your head and just be in this spot that's peaceful and calm and connected with your soul. And so I stopped putting that pressure on myself, I think. And once I stopped doing that, then it was like it it opened up for me and, and it, it made it a lot easier. Now, I will say when I started out, I started with guided meditation. And guided meditation is actually my preferred choice of meditation. But I also do once in a while like to do meditation where I just have some quiet or some soft music that's playing. But every time I do need to have my earbuds in for for myself. And like I said, that's that's just because of background noise and um, distraction for myself. And so there is a couple of different uh, YouTube segments that I like. And what I'm going to do is on my webpage, I am going to actually post a couple of the links of ones that I like. Now, like I said, I do like guided meditation. And so you have to kind of decide what you feel comfortable with whether you like a male voice in your head, whether you like a female voice in your head. So there is someone taking you through that process and helping you like calm your breathing and relax and then putting different thoughts in your head of where to be and what to think of and what kind of connections to make. And so there's a couple different ones that I actually really enjoy I have a deep belief in the law of attraction for those of you that have possibly a long time ago or seen the movie The Secret or read the book The Secret. That's something that I connect with really well. And so some of my meditations will be attraction meditations. Some of my meditations will just be a connection with my source. So whatever your source is, whether it's, you know, whatever your spiritual source that you believe in, my spiritual source that I believe in is God. And so There's different ones that I listen to that kind of help me get in a little bit more of a a centralized connection with my creator. And then there's other ones that I also listen to that just will help me become in a relaxed state. So it's kind of whatever mood that I'm in. And I've had to experiment with the ones that I like. And I usually like I'll give it one or two minutes. And if I'm like, eh, I'm not really feeling it, then I won't subscribe to it. But if I am, then I just subscribe to them on YouTube and then they're there kind of within my library. Then another thing, and some of you might even have it already, there's a couple apps that you can use. Headspace is a really familiar one. Um, Calm is another one. In fact, my son, I mentioned my son in the first episode. So my son's 17 and part of their training when he is at the academy is they actually have a mind gym that they go to and that they attend. And one of the things that they do is meditation. Well, this wasn't something that wasn't familiar to Colt because we have actually encouraged all of our children to to do some type of meditation because we feel like it's 
a way to relax and a way to just become in a connection with yourself. And so the app that he uses, though, is Headspace. And that's the app that I believe all of the athletes there on his team use. It's one that their mental coach can kind of guide a little bit better. And then he knows that app pretty well and he knows some of the segments pretty well. And so he is able to get their feedback after they do their segment. So I would suggest that you give it a try, give it a shot. It's something that will build over time, but it's something that will definitely help you make more efficient decisions. It will help with any kind of stress. It actually is one of my favorite or is my favorite time of the day because it's time that I devote just to myself. So I have to share a little story with you. In one of the events that I went to, there was a time where we were doing very, very deep meditation. And I mean, it was meditation for about an hour's worth of time. And so I sometimes am a little bit sleep deprived. So when I stop moving and when I sit down, I have a tendency to just absolutely kind of hit zero and get very tired. And part of that is probably because we still have little ones that come in in the middle of the night and think that they need to sleep in our bed with us. But when I was doing some of these meditations that were that were that long, all of a sudden, you know, it was like it would come to the end of it and I would open my eyes and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Did I fall asleep? Did I fall asleep during that entire meditation? And I would be so upset with myself because here I was at this conference and I was trying to grow and learn new things and I would fall asleep. Well, Within the events, we have different coaches that are close to us and around us. And so I actually had a a partner that was with me through about four days of it. And so I got to know my partner really well and had this conversation with her and had this conversation with with our coaches and those that were kind of sitting around me. We were talking about our experiences with meditation and I was so frustrated. And I said, I think I fell asleep. Like, I think I fall asleep every time we do these deep ones. And my partner, who actually is certified in Reiki, she has such a plethora of different health certifications and experience. She has been doing meditation for a long time, and she reassured me. She said, you're not falling asleep. She said, I know it feels that way, but you're there mentally. Like you're just in a really, really deep state. And so you're still getting the benefits. You're still getting it. You're still hearing the proctor's voice as they are conducting the meditation, which made me feel a lot better. I just know it's somewhere there, probably buried subconsciously where at least I got the information or I got the process or I had the experience. I was just really frustrated that I didn't have the experience that I felt that I should have, but of course was reassured by others around me who had had more experience in meditation that no, I really was. I just actually was in a very, very, very deep state. And much like you see different cultures who can meditate for hours and hours and days even. And so it's just a very deep state that they get in and a very relaxed state where they have this almost an out-of-body, almost a spiritual connection. I'm not anywhere at that level, but I will say that meditation is something that is a must for me. It is something that I look forward to daily. And when, I, when I'm when i not able to do it, when my routine kind of gets messed up, if I've come home and one of the kids are up or something like that, my day doesn't quite always feel right. So I'll always try to squeeze it in a little bit, even if it's not in the morning, even if it's in the middle of the day. And then I feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit more imbalanced when I do that. 
Okay, so that is usually about 10 minutes to 15 minutes of meditation time that I spend. I don't spend much more on that just because my day's got to get going. So at that point, you know, you get the kids up, you get them ready, you get them breakfast, you get them on their way to school, or in this case, homeschool. Now that school's been canceled and and we're dealing with all the joys of COVID-19, that kind of hits my day there from there. I'm dropping kids off where they need to be, and then I head to work and spend my day, most of my day at work, working on different things within our clinic and head home. I don't work full time. I usually head home around two o'clock or two thirty, just enough time to pick up a couple of the kids, give myself a little bit of breathing space, and then walk up and get the other kids that, you know, that are coming out of school. And so from there, from three o'clock on, I mean it's just it's just mom stuff. It's getting dinner ready, it's taking kids to practice, it's Things that all of us are doing every day, day in and day out, but it is part of my routine and it is in the schedule. And so when it's in the schedule, you know, it makes me feel obviously more in control and that I'm doing a better job of being more efficient with my time. And so for the physical part of it, I have to be active. I have to work out six days a week. I usually take a Tuesday off or sometimes I'll take a Saturday off depending on how classes are running and our workout schedule. I have a partner that teaches with me, and so we usually swap every other day, but I do really enjoy to run as well, and so I try to fit a couple running times in there, and then Sundays, because Brian's usually home in the morning on Sundays. Sunday's the the only day that he doesn't work, and so on Sunday mornings, I usually will do a longer run on that day, just because it's something that I, I really enjoy to do, and again, When I am running, I kind of had mentioned in that first podcast that I'm a a podcast junkie. And so when I am running, the running time is something that is, again, it's kind of a me time. And so, again, I will have my headphones in. I am usually listening to some kind of a sermon or I am listening to a podcast. Very rarely am I listening to music. A lot of times I like to listen to an audio book. Most of the time I listen to nonfiction. I just, it's something that connects with me a little bit better. I'm usually listening to something on whether it's life or wealth or fitness or nutrition or just self-growth. And so those are the things that juice me. Those are the things that get me up and going. And so I just always like to have some kind of a voice with me when I'm working out instead of music. And the last component of the mental aspect for myself and routine is at bedtime, at nighttime. I really try to not be on my phone a ton. Sometimes I'm reading on my phone, but I try not to be on social media too much on my phone right before bedtime because it's one of those things that your brain has kind of a hard time shutting off when we're on our electronic devices 20 minutes, 30 minutes before bedtime and 20 to 30 minutes um, as we wake in the morning. So those are two things I really do consciously try to avoid. I do use my phone for meditation, but I'm not looking at my screen. Something I do like to do before bedtime is that, you know, I have my routine of whether it's devotional or prayer or whatnot, but I do listen to a hypnosis. I listen to something at night that is... 15 to 20 minutes long, but it's enough to put me into a really deep sleep and enough to relax my body that it's routine for me. So as soon as I hear that hypnosis, it completely turns me off and shuts me down. Now, my husband, he listens to a different type of meditation. 
right before his bedtime. So usually I am asleep and in bed before him. And so they don't usually conflict with each other. But if we are going to bed at the same time, then I just usually listen to his meditation because that's another one that I have become accustomed to that I can stop and relax and reflect on my day and I can do my gratitude piece. So I know some of you probably already do a bit of a gratitude piece, but this is a time where, and some of you might do it in the morning when you wake up. This is something that I do every single day where, like I said, at night when I'm settled and I start my prayer, it's also a time where I do my gratitude. Some people call it a gratitude walk where they are walking through their day mentally and thinking about everything that they are grateful for. One thing my son does, a routine that we kind of set up for him is in the mornings, he's in a dormitory. And so he has to actually walk to another building for breakfast. And so on his walk every morning, he does a gratitude walk, an actual physical walk where he's walking to breakfast. And it's sometimes it's the same thing every day that he's grateful for. And sometimes it's different, especially being away from family. I think it's something that's really important to have that time for him to be able to feel like he's stopping and actually thanking his creator for the things that he's been given and the things that he has uh, in his life. And my older two girls do that as well. I know that one of my daughters, she journals quite a bit. And so her gratitude time is actual a physical thing for her to where she's writing down the things that she's grateful for um, and then also journaling throughout her day. So there's a lot of different ways um, to be able to decompress. But part of that is now you're thinking, well, how am I supposed to fit all of that in? And so I actually have a couple of different things that helped me fit some of those things in that were really important to me. So the first thing I did was I actually sat down and I wrote down everything I did each day over the course of a week so that I had at least a blueprint of what I was doing. And then what I did was then I looked at it and I thought, okay, so what does my normal look like? What are the normal things that I do consist of? So from looking at that point, then I actually was given a really great strategy to put a time value to things because this helped me put things in perspective quite a bit. And so I sat down and put a time value on, for example, like how long something would take me to do so that I actually could see how much time I was spending on things. And then I could reevaluate it and say, is this not enough time or is this too much time that I'm spending on this? Or have you ever had so many things to do that it then just continues a cycle in your head and repeats over and over and over and over like a tornado and it's just spinning in your head and you feel so overwhelmed and you have so much to do. But if you would actually just stop and make yourself a list, which I'm sure many of us make a list. And write down those things that you had to do and then actually put a time value to it. You would stop and see that you could probably accomplish those tasks in a fourth of the time that you were actually spinning through all of it within your head. It's taken from something called the rapid planning method or an RPM. And this is something that um, I try to do every Sunday before my week starts. Now, I have modified it a little bit to fit with my needs and the way that my brain kind of works. But, you know, probably much like most of you do, anytime you learn something, it's like you you take the heart of it and then you you make it your own. And so 
What I like to do is write down the goals that I have that I want to accomplish, whether it's for that week or whether it's monthly goals that I have or whether it's yearly goals that I have so that I can always keep that in front of me. It's kind of my why, like, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? You know, even if it's cooking dinner or doing laundry or cleaning the house. I mean, those are things that need to be done. And and my why is because one, so I can keep order in my house. One, so I can keep my kids healthy and establish a good environment for them. So there is a why for all of it. There's a why for everything that we do. It's just sometimes we need to take a step back and think about what really is that why? Why are we doing it? And when we put a why to it, when we put a reason behind it, it makes it a little bit more easier to accomplish or sometimes even more enjoyable. So with my RPM, after I have made sure that I have my why, so to speak, there, then I will list just kind of like a list of the things that I have to do. I usually have four different quadrants where I have something that's like personal. I have things that I do around the home, things with the kids, and then my relationships. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a PDF also up on my website so that you can uh, look at that or you can download it or print it off if you'd like to look at something like that with a little bit more clear direction on exactly how to do an RPM. So I have my four quadrants and within those quadrants, I have my list so that it's prioritized for me. It's just something that works better in my brain. I have different categories of things that I do that kind of helps me a little bit more uh, achieve things. So from there, I will put a time value to it. For example, say I'm just going to go real simple here because probably most of us have these daily tasks that we have to do, you know, doing laundry. So doing laundry. I get so overwhelmed with laundry because there's so many of us in this house and I am notorious for, I'll do the laundry. It's clean. It's done. And then the basket goes upstairs into my room. And then every morning I make the bed and then I dump the basket on the bed with the thought that I'm actually going to fold the clothes. And then nighttime comes and I take the clothes off the bed and I put them back in the basket and I set it over in the corner on the floor. So I got real tired of that constant routine. I'm not perfect at it. It still happens. But if I stop and think about it and I actually stick with my time model and I stick with my RPM, I know that it honestly will probably take me 10 minutes to fold that load of laundry. Now, some of you are thinking 10 minutes. Why in the heck does it take you so long to fold laundry? I remember my mother-in-law said something to me one time. She's like, All it takes is about three minutes to fold a load of laundry. And I actually timed myself to see if I could get our laundry folded in three minutes. And there was no way. I don't know if I fold really slow or what, but it it takes me on average 10 to 15 minutes to fold one of our loads of laundry. And maybe my loads are just massive and they're just too big and we have a really big tub and I just shove as much in there as possible, which probably isn't good anyways. So by putting a time value to it, I thought, okay, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, that's all it's going to take me. It's folded, it's done, it's in the baskets. I can set it in the kids' rooms, it's ready to go. And instead of it like replaying over and over in my head and constantly overwhelming me. So what I did was the chores for for my day. So say it was laundry, say it was vacuuming, dusting, you know, just just picking up the kitchen, making sure that that things are, you know, at least somewhat organized and picked up. So putting a time value to that gave me huge perspective. Because I could probably get all of that done within an hour or less. But yet I was 
constantly going it over and over in my head and feeling so overwhelmed. And then the, the voice of me would come out. The mom would come out and be, you know, like, I have so much to do. I'm never going to get this all done. Well, if you guys would just do this or you would do that instead of actually stopping and thinking that it really doesn't take me a whole lot of time to do it. Now, I have practiced this with my children in their studies. I mentioned before that my daughter, my oldest daughter, she's an engineering student. And there is a huge load of work that she has within her program. And it has been that way from the very beginning to the point where it's a it's burnout a lot of times. And so we will sit down together when I can tell, you know, she suffers from from anxiety as well. And so I can tell when she's just to that point when I check in with her and we will sit down and we will write down everything that she has to do homework related wise. And so we'll whether it's a lab, whether it's a video that she, especially now that they're all doing all their stuff online, it's all about time management. And so we will sit down and, and write down how long this video will be, how long this lab will be, how long this homework is going to take. And then I always make sure, especially for her, that we build in some type of mental time for herself, whether it's she needs to get up, she needs to take a walk, she needs to get away from her computer screen. Much of us that have desk jobs within the workforce, how important that is just to give yourself that brain break, so to speak, to where you can have a little bit of mental clarity and then it helps you get back to your task. So by doing this and adding that time value to it, she does not feel overwhelmed. It gives her more of a schedule and it helps her feel more in control and it lessens that stress and it reduces that anxiety and then she feels like she's taking better care of herself. She feels like her decisions are better and she feels like she's more effective. And in turn, then she feels better about what she's doing. So again, that doing something like that, putting that time value to that, that hits all five of those things that I spoke about at the beginning. It makes us feel more efficient. It reduces the stress and anxiety. It helps us take care of ourselves and feels better. And it helps us with our decision making skills. And then we can have better relationships with ourselves and with other people around us. This is also something that I do with my son, um, especially him being away at school. They go from sun up to sundown, and sometimes it's very overwhelming. And mom's not there at night. Dad's not there at night to make sure that he's doing his homework. They have a study hall, so to speak. They have like a low GPA, but his GPA is high enough to where he's not required to go to study hall. So he doesn't want to because... There's a lot of noise and he's just one of those kids that likes quiet and he likes to be able to to do his work at his own pace and on his own. But there are times where he feels really overwhelmed. And so he and I can FaceTime and we can go through this process together. And again, it creates more clarity for himself. And it doesn't always have to be homework and it doesn't always have to be daily tasks. It can be goals that you have in place. For example, mentioning my son He needs to do a lot of recruitment for himself if he wants to play a sport at the next level. And so we've gone through this process before where we are like, how long is it going to take you to look up different colleges that have the degree that you actually want to go into? How long is it going to take for you to come, you know, to write the email? How long is it going to take for you to send the email to the coaches? How long is it going to take for you to follow them on Twitter? So everything you can kind of approximate and put a time value to. And by doing that, it's like a list on steroids. It's putting something that has a time value and a monetary value to it 
to give yourself that ease and to give yourself that grace of being able to accomplish that task that you want to task and to not feel so overwhelmed and to not feel like things in life are controlling you instead of you having control over the things in your life. So I know that was kind of a lot today. It was a little bit of a longer episode than the first one was. But I, again, I'm going to put some of those links and those PDFs up on my website. You can click on my website um, within the show notes or it is erininselman.com. Those should be in there under the resources tab. So I will put up different links that I use for the meditation. Again, there's Headspace, there's Calm, there's all kinds of different apps that you can do. I would suggest just giving it a go, giving it a try. And then, of course, like establishing, writing down a routine for yourself, sitting down, writing out everything that you do each day or over the course of a week, and then looking at it to see what does my normal look like? What are things that I can actually take out of this? So if you have goals for yourself where you want to start exercising, you want to start eating healthier, you want to start meditating, put that in your routine and let's then put a time value to it so that you know where it fits in with your schedule. So create a time value for your to-dos or your tasks. And together, we'll just keep working and striving each day to be better than the day that we did before. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Six Pack. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. Please share this episode with a friend. And if you haven't already, click subscribe. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Have a beautiful week and tell the important people in your life just how much you care about them. Much love and blessings to you all.